point at me so that I know. And I and I am pointing. <laughs> and you are pointing at me to begin speaking. Hello. Hi, Joe. Hello. How are you? I'm good, Miss Wendy. How are you? I am good. Um, you know, it is a brand new year here at Art Time of the Month. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Queer. Happy New Queer. And um, before we move on to a new year, we have to break down December for you. And I just want to preface this month by saying that December fucking sucked. <laughs> There's so many reasons why, but it did suck. But it was like kind of disappointing art wise. And I felt like in December of all the months of quarantine, we were really grasping at straws. There was very mm-hmm. little to choose from. Um, but we're going to talk to you about what we did watch, obviously. And um, and then even dipping into like some January 1 premieres, which we were excited about. Yes. Yeah. So what did you watch to stay comfortable this month, Josephine? Well, I mean, I did watch, so I watched a lot of, um, prior to the Christmas seat, you know, the Christmas holiday, I did watch, um, a bunch of holiday films. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I think I made it a more of a point this year to watch holiday films than I did in the past. Uh, specifically because, you know, we're, I need that warm blanket. Yeah. Exactly. I need that holiday cheer. Um, I did do my homework and I watched Happiest Season. I am dying to know your thoughts on that. So Happiest Season is definitely, it is definitely a gay movie for straight people and also somehow for gay people. Um, there were a, there were a lot of parts where I was horrified. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and it didn't help that Mackenzie Davis uh, looks like um, uh, Marnie from Get Out. Like <laughs> she looked like it was, oh, okay. especially like when they're doing, when they're in the car and she basically tells her, hi, I've been lying to you for six months that I came out to my family. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you're done. And so I'm just like, oh my god, this is just like this looks and feels like Get Out at this point. And there was just so much I that I was just like, I mean, I watched it with um, I watched it with James on Halloween, uh, not Halloween, on Christmas Day um, at night. And there were parts where we were just looking at each other like, this is awful. <laughs> yes, and that's the thing. I felt like there were so many smart brains that went into making that film that I was surprised that mm-hmm. it was so cliche and awful. Like I think, yeah, the lesbians on Instagram got real heated about it. Like Twitter lesbians freaked yes. out. They were upset about it, but the gays were like, "Huh, Dan Levy, this is delightful." Okay, <laughs> exactly. And they managed to, like, in a queer film, manage to still have the gay best friend trope. They sure did. They sure. I did. was like, wow, they did that. Um, but I mean, that he signed on to do that. But he signed on to play the best friend trope, you know? Well, he also had, like, his whole thing about coming out at, like, that moment that he has with uh, K-Stu when they're walking and he's telling how, like, it's different for everybody. I'm just like, yeah, okay, that's great. Like, I actually really appreciated that. And I can see 
the thing is, is that like, I can also see how this is like, this is definitely some people's story. And um, apparently, and we I talked about this a little bit, uh, Joshua actually brought this up on my other podcast, that, you know, it's like semi autobiographical when it because Clea Duvall, who directed and also co wrote this, it's like, sort of kind of based on something that happened to her. But I mean, like, it was just, I, I don't know. It was, I mean, it was just like, okay, this is something that we could have, it, we should have had maybe 20 years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, which I mean, again, uh, when you want to talk about like, but I'm a cheerleader, that was also something very big, like 20 years ago. Yeah. So like, we don't necessarily need this. Was it like, better or better than the other like, gay Hallmark movies that I heard about? this season i heard this one was probably the best one but you know i mean it also had barry steenburgen in it i mean and and i was actually really here for everything with the middle sister yeah Um, yeah victor garber who's gay as fuck exactly yes yeah there were some really like standout moments in that but regardless overall like are those the stories that need to be being told in the year of our Lord 2020? Come on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I got um, dragged into watching a series that actually came out on Netflix at the beginning of 2020. And my sister called me and she said, I'm watching this with my 11 year old daughter and we're so into it, and you have to watch this because, oh my God, Aunt Wendy would love this. And so she's like, you have to watch Spinning Out on Netflix, which is a figure skating drama wherein they are spinning (laughs) out, air quotes, on the ice and mentally spinning out as well. And it takes you on such a ride. So Annie was like, it's Cobra Kai, but like for ice skating. And I was like, um, okay, I'm in. So I watched the whole series in a day, but it was definitely like a fun kind of comfort binge. And there were lots of like real legit figure skating in there with cameos by your boy, Johnny Weir. Mm-hmm. And- okay. Okay. Maybe I was also in it. Um, so that was kind of a fun Scooby-Doo Pop Pop was not in it. <laughs> Scooby-Doo Pop Pop was not in it. But the second I saw Johnny Weir, I immediately said Scooby-Doo Pop Pop. And that is not him. That is Adam Rapon. But still. But I mean, I you know. one of the same to me. I'm sorry. In a lineup, they're pretty much the same. <laughs> in a lineup, I mean, shake a stick. It's one of them. Whatever. It's fine. So <laughs> that was like a real fun fun binge i had what was the other comforting thing you did this this month oh man i saw so about last year around this time i i saw that they were doing a um a reboot of mad about you Mm -hmm. um that like no one asked for it uh but apparently they were doing a reboot of it and it and it did go premiere on a like a network that nobody knew nobody heard about it wasn't anything major and i saw scrolling through amazon that they had not only the new season but they had all the old seasons all six seasons of mad about you so i was like oh god do i want to do this to myself i'm like okay so i started i started mad about you i'm like i'm like the first third of season four right now 
Um, cause it's, it's literally just on in the background really and funny. I, yeah. And it's just, you know, I, I realize I don't like them mm-hmm. <laughs> in the same way that people don't like the characters in Seinfeld. Yeah. I also do not like the Buckmans. Cause it's white people in Manhattan. Like what? Yeah, you know, it's it, like, and it's also, it's yeah, we, we should have hated all of the six friends. Like in like the 10 years that that show was on, there was one black person on the show, like the whole time, like it's a mess, but problematic television of the 90s. Yeah. And just like, it's like the personality, like Helen Hunt's character, Jamie reminds me a lot of, um, of Taylor Schilling's character in orange is the new black. Like it's, it's, she's the main character, but I hate her. (laughs) Uh huh. Yeah. I get that. I get that. So there, I mean, so that's the other thing, but like, I've now made this commitment. So I'm almost, I need to make it through. That's it. Like once you dive in, you're in it. And I respect that. And I honor that time that you're spending there. Thank you for seeing me. (laughs) You're welcome. I hope that I see you. I hear you. I honor your feelings. Get it. Um, I would like to save space for um, HGTV, which I feel has really pulled me through 2020. Like HGTV and my love of wallpaper and a good kitchen reno has really <laughs> like gotten me through the quarantine. Like I can watch some HGTV for like good, like 12 hour stretches. Like it's, it's a mess. And again, like background noise, but it's comforting and it makes me feel cradled and safe. And I need that now. So See, is. so yours is wallpaper when it comes yeah. to HGTV. See, mine is a uh, wood laminate. <laughs> um. See, I'm not a fan of the laminate floors, but I'm a fan of like a good wallpaper feature wall. I'm a fan of a farm sink. Yes. I'm a fan of a butcher block counter. Mm-hmm. Um. I really love like a glass shower like a giant glass walk-in shower. I love a soaker tub. These are things that get me all kinds of excited. And I dream of living that life one day. And it shall be yours one day. Thanks, Joe. I wish that to you. Thank you. I want that for me too. Um, let's move on to like the, the pittance that we did have in this December. Um, the biggest thing that the, the biggest movies, the biggest two movies that came out this month were soul Pixar's soul starring Jamie Foxx and wonder woman, 1984. So those two Mm -hmm. both came out on Christmas day. Yeah. Yes. Christmas day for sure. Uh, Christmas day for sure for wonder woman. I'm, and I'm thinking also for soul Soul came out at the same time or maybe the week prior or something like that. Um, so I saw Soul and you saw Wonder Woman. I did. Um, Soul is getting beautifully reviewed. It reminded me a lot of Inside Out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the way that Pixar isn't afraid to tackle like the ethereal <laughs> in, in a way that it's, it's unafraid to talk about things that are scary to talk to kids about. I think Pixar does that in a really beautiful, nuanced way. And Soul certainly covered that. And it's just this idea of like 
what we do with our time here, what we've wanted for ourselves, the conversations we should have had, but didn't, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's all like missed moments, but then like recapturing those moments. It's like really lovely, beautiful moments. And it's something that I thought about for a long time after I saw it and I want to go back and see it again. And I probably will. Um, but I highly, highly recommend it. Okay. I I watched the opposite of that when Wonder Woman 1984. I heard that. Yes. So here's the thing, right? Wonder Woman. So this is actually falls into watching with parents. Uh, So (laughs) the people who made me. Watching with parents. Um, So this falls into that because on Christmas Day. I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm going to watch Wonder Woman 1984 because if this was the before time, I would have seen in the theater with people, you know, my one friend that I go see all the superhero movies with. Um, And um, I was like, okay, we're going to watch Wonder Woman 1984, but I need you guys to watch the first one. So that way you have a context, you know, of it. Plus it's just... Banging. Yeah, the first one was the first one was really good. And, and so I made them watch, I made them watch it. Their attention was held. Lots of questions about Aries. <laughs> um, and the first one. And then I, we watched the second one, you know, in the evening after dinner and, you know, and it's just like, we had our, we had our special meal like the night before. So it was just a super chill day, just sitting on the couch watching it. And so watching Wonder Woman 1984 and I'm like, okay, this is fine. Like, it was just, like, solidly fine for me. Like, I didn't hate it, but it was, but it wasn't also just, like, amazing. I think the thing that I loved the most about it was the fact that uh, we've now turned uh, Kristen Wiig into a superhero action star. Um, Which is, like, just amazing to think about. Like, this is Gilly from SNL, and now she's, like, you know, having, doing stunts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So yeah, but like, and then, and then all of the reviews and the hatred for this film that came out, I'm just like, oh, the reviews, what did they say? They were saying like, you know, it was just, it lacked imagination. It was like you were watching, um, it felt like you were watching like old Superman, like the original Superman movies. Um, I think people were really put off by like the eighties aspect to it. Uh Um, did they explain why they said it in 1984? I don't, I don't think they do, but it's just like, it's set in 1984 because there's like, it's exploring the greed of the eighties. Like, and Good question. Yeah. Was the original wonder woman then set present day or was it set before 84? Um, like wonder woman, the first wonder woman movie. Yeah. Oh, it would, that, that was set during world war one. So that was was, exactly. And, you know, it was so funny because it's like, you know, it's just so interesting to me to kind of have a movie that's like also exploring the music from that time. I mean, like it reintroduced people to uh, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome (laughs) by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. And, 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 but like, I think it was ultimately a commentary on like the greed and excess of the eighties, because that's kind of what's at the center of everything. Um, but it was just fine. Like it was, it was solidly fine for me. 
And that's probably the most glowing review that anyone is going to say about it, who is like a DC comics person. Solidly fine. There you go. Well, cool. I honestly, I probably won't watch it. So I am not open to that. There's a very, very amazing cameo at the very end. I feel confident that I will live a full and happy life having never seen this movie. If I No, I'm not I'm not saying that as a reason for you to watch it. I'll tell you offline what it is of so that way. Yeah. But yeah. like, you know, it is a great cameo and that's like what sucks is that like of course going on like, you know, people still feel the need to offer spoilers and not offer spoilers like it's like oh my god the cameo at the end and i'm like it's it just came out today like let people like wait a while yeah yeah um cool 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 let's move on to dash and lily Mm -hmm. which we both saw this was um i thought it to be a delightful tween theories <laughs> set in Manhattan, Christmas time, privileged rich kids running around the city, falling in love mysteriously through a book. Play. New York is the third character. Of course, she always is. But it was like, I'm going to leave a diary for you in a bookshop, and then you'll get to know me that way. Um, but I thought it was like, forget texting, movie. forget the internet. <laughs> you have to get to know me through these pages that I totally trust strangers with. To send back and forth to you. Yes. Uh, But I mean, that aside, it was just darling. Yeah. I mean, like I wasn't mad at it and it was, it was like perfect for what it was. Perfect love. Uh, Exactly. Perfect holiday. Exactly. I mean, so as, as a New Yorker, like, did this make you really like miss the city or was it just like what you needed? (laughs) No, this is not my New York. No, I did not know about hoity-toity rich kids having parties with their parents gone for weeks at a time. I was like, Dash is up in his father's penthouse alone for like a week. I'm like, who the fuck lives like that? He's like 17. Absolutely not. No, none of that made me nostalgic. You didn't ever romanticize the Strand bookstore? God, no, no, I'm good. No, no, <laughs> it was not that. It was, um, yeah, there were certain characters though. And like, like storylines that I loved. like I loved her gay brothers storyline. Um, and I loved her, her godmother Mm storyline. Um, but yeah, in terms of like that being a realistic New York, (laughs) I mean, it's sex in the city. You didn't go to underground like Hanukkah raves and like, (laughs) Yeah, mm-hmm. totes. Yeah, that was my crowd, Joe. Absolutely. <laughs> I think. Um, um, I think what I loved, and my f- my friend put this in. Uh, my friend Eric put this the best way. He's like, he said, "Oh my God, you need to watch Dash and Lily." There's a scene of great Asian guilt at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that was absolutely correct. That was yes, dead on. So funny. <laughs> oh, such a good time. Yeah, it was lovely. It was delightful. Fluff. Awesome. Um, I want to save space for Miss Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. 
who had such a banging into her year. Like, and so she finished, she had their, her Apple Christmas special. Yes. Where she had this now like trio with Ariana Grande and J-Hud. Mm-hmm. And so I did not see this Christmas special, nor did you know. I did not see this special, no. But it was like the most rated, like highest ratings, viewing, hoo-ha, whatever. Um, and like just super, super successful. And so, I mean, all praise to Miss Mariah because holy damn. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Lamely really came out for that. I think she they really needed it. Up for real. Yeah, I'm super excited for her. So, yeah. Good for you, Miss Mariah. Long Island represent. <laughs> um, I want to bring up what I feel is like the last bit of like gay intrigue of the year. <laughs> and it wasn't gay at all. <laughs> Okay. It's uh, Bridgerton on Netflix. Oh, okay. I have not watched this. I've heard different things, but I've heard <laughs> sexy things. So it is very, very sexy. Listen, Miss Shonda can write a damn sex scene. It is very sexy. So Bridgerton is the new Netflix show in the Shondaland uh, produced by Shonda Rhimes. Um, and what it is, is basically it's like a, an alternate Regency, like England, okay. where like it's completely just like a rainbow of people and the queen is black and they kind of go into it for like five minutes in one of the like middle episodes. Mm-hmm. But what it talks about is it talks about the um, the season in um, England of high society and like debuts. So like, you know, women coming out to society to try to find a husband. And uh-huh. so it's very Jane Austen in that very in that Jane regard. Exactly. It's very Jane Austen. Like, you know, I cannot be seen in the dark alley with the man with like a man here. It'll ruin my reputation type thing. People are very concerned with their names and reputations and finding a husband, but it's very sexy. And all I have to say is that the Duke. I've heard. (laughs) Yes. You've heard about the Duke. You need to watch this. Because you will want to be the Duke's wife. You will want to. Okay. <laughs> <you'll>... <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it is very, very, very steamy and sexy. And um, also, our our dear mother Julie is the narrator. So, so the yeah, whole kind of. Alone, yeah, I need to. Yeah. Yes, mother Julie does no wrong. Um, my friend Allison texted me re Bridgerton. She said Bridgerton could be about thirty percent shorter, and I'd be less frustrated. But the sex scenes that happen just as I'm about to yell at the TV help significantly. She is not wrong. <laughs> she okay. is definitely not wrong. Um, oh, so that's the other thing, too. So the other thing with Bridgerton is that, like, there is a there's an anonymous uh, uh, there's anonymous like a gossip page, society page, Lady Whistledown, who writes mm. a um her society pages that get distributed to all of the high class people and, you know, out people's scandals and all that stuff. So um, that plays a, that plays a a huge role in it. There's so there's also a gossip. So it's like gossip girl and Jane Austen and lots of sex. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm here for that. 
All right. And I just, I just needed a minute to get. Yeah. Just, point. yeah. Just get it. Let it just like, just take it for what it is. Cause uh-huh. like, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, Oh my God, this is like every episode I feel like gets gayer and gayer. Oh, <laughs> um, but there's nothing gay really about the show. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm down for a Shonda sex scene. So yes, I will be watching that. And I will text you thoughts as they happen, as I do. (laughs) When you get to episode six or five, that's when it like really goes, really goes to town. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Talk to me about Jinx and Dela's holiday special. Yeah, so um, Jinx Monsoon uh, and Ben de la Creme of RuPaul's Drag Race uh, Notoriety, um, they independently produced a holiday special um, that they shot during quarantine um, because normally they do a live version. So this was supposed to be their way of like bringing a live version. In the happy, or they both had quarantines. They both had cameos in Happiest Season. Exactly. So they had their ha- they had cameos as um, different drag queens, but in the happiest yeah. season. And so, but with this special is that they independently produced it. They actually put it up on in November um, on a website that you could you know purchase a ticket for, and like self produced and everything, you know funded and everything. And, you know, because of the success of the supposed success of Happiest Season, uh, Hulu actually picked up their uh, holiday special and brought it into Hulu uh, just in time for Christmas. So they originally had it as like, you know, you the only place you could stream it was through their um, through their website. And then Hulu eventually brought it in because of the success of Happiest Season. They got those Hulu dollars and they were like, OK, everyone's streaming. Exactly. <laughs> and it is it's so much fun it's 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 definitely has that like spirit of a very campy uh raunchy drag show um especially at the holidays rave about this yeah it's it's a lot of fun and it, it it kind of i watched it actually on new year's eve um and it was just so um it just made me really happy and thankful for um like just having those kinds of drag queens. And it's also very, it's super duper queer. Like it's as queer as like happiest season was not. (laughs) Oh. And so, I mean, like they have like, like Jesus, (laughs) Jesus is like a grinder trick. And like, you know, there's uh, (laughs) there's, yeah, it's the, the parody songs are great. You know, I think they're the one that just sticks with me is, Jinx singing a gay in a stranger and then you know lots of like it's very explicit so um you know the idea that like you know some closeted teen is you know in a small town somewhere is going to be watching happiest season and then immediately you get recommended for them um uh, Jinx and Dela and then watch that and just like be completely driven the other way is so fun but I think like if if I ever get a chance to own a physical copy, I will buy it because the Jinx and Dela holiday special will now be required viewing for me every week, every year. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, word. Cool. Well, also on I think on Christmas Day. When did this come out? No, it came out on the twenty third. Uh, Prime released Sylvie's Love. Mm. Which oh dear. Was 
Sylvie's Love, which was like a 50s period piece, stylized New York and Chicago and kind of jazz scene. Um, it was starring Tessa Thompson and Namdi Somuga, Carrie Washington's husband. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm sorry if I butchered that name. I'm so apologetic about this. Sorry, sorry. Um, but it was delightful and it was sexy in a not like explicit porny way. It was just, it was delightful. It was hot. It was very slow paced and it was exactly what I needed. (laughs) I was like, I don't need this to be complicated. I don't need to think so much about this. I just needed a really consistent love story of people who couldn't figure their shit out together until they could figure their shit out together. That's exactly (laughs) what it was. But it was lovely. It was lovely and slow moving. And if you need something that's just like, oh, I'm going to have a cup of tea and watch this movie, please do that. Okay. It's the opposite of Bridgerton (laughs) in that way. (laughs) I feel like Bridgerton's going to make me do a lot of mental work. I don't want to do that. But Sylvie's Love, I knew I wouldn't have to think about. And I did it. Which, by the way, I I forgot to mention, Bridgerton is based on a novel. So, you know, as you, a voracious reader, I just want to put that out there. I will not read that book. I will only watch (laughs) the hot series. Fair. And that is totally fair. Totally fair. (laughs) But I'll I'll have to... Someone's going to produce really hot sex scenes for me to view. I mean, (laughs) duh. Fair, fair enough. I will yeah. definitely. Sylvie's Love has been consistently being recommended to me um, on Prime, so I'll I'll have to add it. Yeah, it's a really yeah. sweet little film. Yes, please watch it. Um, I want to um, circle back to you with uh, Hulu's A Teacher. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I don't know why, but I just thought one evening that it would be great to start a teacher on so- on Hulu. This has also been on my list on Hulu too, and it kind of keeps popping up for me. And I'm like, I want to watch that, and I haven't watched it yet. Do you know what and it's about? I do know what it's about. Okay, it's like um, Mary Kay Letourneau kind of situation, right? Where like, yes, student. Yes, so it it takes place in um, the 2013-2014 um, school year because yeah. I'm like. I didn't know it did that until the last episode. Cause I'm just like, why are they playing all these songs from like, <laughs> like almost six years ago, seven years ago. Um, but basically it, it tells the story from why start to finish. Was that say, I, I don't know. I just think that it, I don't know if that's part of the story or whatever, but like it's, I was just remember thinking like this music is really strange. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like pop hits from that time. And, mm-hmm. um, but it stars Kate Mara and uh, Nick Robinson in his supposed last portrayal of a high school student as a high school student. Mm-hmm. Um, you may know him from Love Simon. Um, mm-hmm. And it starts off as you know she's helping him with the SATs. She's a new she's a new takes place in um, Texas. And uh, before long, it turns into a full blown affair and kind of the arc of that. Um, so it's supposed to be this very 
frank discussion of grooming and kind of all of that and the kind of the yuckiness of what it does. But also I, I found out later upon reading further is that it's based off of a film of the same name. That was a European film. Mm. And that uh, director is also attached to this. So this is supposed to be the like, you know, longer American episodic portrayal of a teacher. And it's only a, it's a mini series. Thank goodness we're not going to have another one of these. <laughs> but what I appreciate. Uh, well, I, I like it because I thought it it thought it was uh, I thought it was perfectly complicated in the way that they intended um, or what I assumed that they intended, I thought that they were very, they were very self-aware of like what this could potentially bring up for people, and they were they were not trying to glorify at all at any point like the relationship between the two characters. Because like at the beginning and at the end, there are, you know, content warnings and they even set up an entire website of free resources that, you know, if you've ever, if you've been affected, people can go and, you know, look at this. And it's definitely, I think this was, this is an example of like, how do you tackle something that is um, difficult subject matter, but also show some responsibility about it. And I thought that that was, I, at least from me and my perspective, I thought that that was appreciated. Um, the series itself, I mean, it's also half an hour. Each episode is half an hour, which okay. I, which I'm like really appreciative of because any longer than that, I think it would be, you know, not great. That being said, the sex is pretty wrong. <laughs> this is the month of like horny sex. Like <laughs> because it was December and it's all we had guys. Exactly. <laughs> It's like I had this and I was like going back and forth between this and Bridgerton. So right. I know so there was a lot yeah. of horny sex. Um, but like, yeah, okay. so it, it was very, it, it was just very, I thought I, I enjoyed it. I can also see why like this is not, this is like you for me. Like a teacher is under the category of you where it's like, I will watch it, but I will never recommend it to anybody. Yeah. And if you're not already planning to watch it, then like, I'm not going to tell you, you should just like with you, like it's my, what What was that? Like you, um, you, the, the TV show, you with, uh, Penn Badgley, the stalker. Oh no, no, not you. Students, ew. No, No, um, and I was curious about like, I'm curious of your take once you, you need to text me after you've watched the whole thing. Uh-huh. Uh, because I'm curious, like as a teacher, <laughs> what that's oh, going I to mean. As a teacher, like shit like that freaks me out. It is creepity creeper to see stuff like that. Because when you understand like acutely how old kids are mentally and physically when they're in your classroom every day you make those correlations so you see a movie and you're like that's not what a 13 year old would do you know like that's clearly a 20 year old trying to be a 13 year old or something you know but um like I remember I mean to reference again Mary Kay Letourneau like when that all happened like Billy was 14 when she first slept with him when she first raped him and I remember at the time, like, like as I became a teacher, looking at like 14 year old students around the room and being like, Oh my God, 
Like describe my face right now. Like mm-hmm. disgust. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <like>, Outrage. <laughs> mm. So so you definitely like it 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 plays with that specifically yeah. too. So like and it's all kind of the last episode I think is just perfect because where it ends is like mic drop boom <laughs> um okay. in the last episode and and uh, what was interesting is that like it's also it's like Hulu slash FX uh, TV show, so they were actually releasing it week to week. Yeah. Um, so I only watched up until maybe episode uh, seven, and then I watched eight and nine and ten live um, as they came out. So I got caught up in it, but it was just. And now the series is over. They're all and the series is over. It is a mini series. I pray to God they will not make any more of these ever again. Um. But yeah, like, and there's also you, I need to know your, I also specifically need to know what you think about like the teacher friend, because like Kate Mara is the, the, the main teacher, but then she has a teacher friend and then, and then someone, something goes down with the teacher friend. (laughs) So I need you, I need to know your, your thoughts on that specifically. All right. I'm going to get back to you on that. That's going to be my homework. Yes. A teacher. Your homework. All of the hot horny hornies. (laughs) I will watch all of that. Okay, cool. Um, I want to, I mean, how did we put together this list this month? (laughs) We're like jumping all over the place, but I want to talk about the fact that because of COVID and pandemic regulations, I want to talk about like the New York traditions that are institutions that had to go online. So we talk about like the Radio City Rockettes Christmas Spectacular could not happen this year. Santa Claus in Herald Square could not happen this year. Um, Like the Thanksgiving Day Parade we talked about last month didn't happen. So making those accommodations for these New York institutions that are such a, a, like like at the core of the holiday season every year, wherever you are in the world, you watch New York at the holidays, um, including New Year's Eve. And all of it had to be televised now because there was nothing live happening. So uh, it was so heartbreaking to like watch all of these like super overly produced like concerts happening for them to light the Rockefeller tree where mm-hmm. no one was there, you know? And then like the Rockettes were like performing to an empty ice rink, you know? And then they, and then the Rockettes had their own Christmas special where they basically just, performed their whole Christmas special on TV, which then kind of like removes the magic of seeing it in Radio City Music Hall because Radio City is such a grand house to mm-hmm. sit in. Like so beautiful. Um, and then, you know, just New Year- New Year's Eve, like seeing Times Square empty was so trippy, you know, and just seeing the accommodations that that they made to, to still broadcast from Times Square. Um, Mm -hmm. Just in in the vein of keeping everybody safe and home and socially distanced. Um, It was just uh, part of the reason why December sucked, but also part of the reason why like New York kicks fucking ass at Christmas time because they still like found a way, you know? So I did appreciate that those things were still televised and still like, again, just grasping at straws, just like holding on (laughs) to any kind of Christmas spirit we could muster out of New York this year. Um, yeah. And yeah. also like when it's, you know, when it's safer for us to do that again, can you imagine like, you know, the family that watched 
the radio the rockets special for the first time and then like make plans to go there later yeah so you know it's it's they did them that was like a great service that they did because i i i recorded the tree lighting and i recorded the rocket special because i was like we're never going to be able to have this opportunity again until we can go there and see it Mm -hmm. so yeah i have thoughts on the tree by the way the rockefeller tree this year (laughs) my goodness I saw. <laughs> I mean, ugh. the Rockefeller tree, they took from a farm up in Oneonta, upstate New York, I think this year. Um, and, you know, and they wrap it all up. Like they wrap up all the limbs of it and everything. And they put it on this giant flatbed and then they like drive it into New York city. And it takes like several days for them to put the tree up, anchor it into Rockefeller center and like have it braced a certain way, you know, so that they can light all of the branches and so on and so forth. As they were putting it up, Rockefeller's uh, Instagram page posted a picture of them putting up a skeleton of a tree. I'm not even kidding you. Like half the branches dead and gone and empty. And I was like, are you putting up this dead ass tree in the middle of like the worst (laughs) year ever? What the hell are you doing Rockefeller? Um, And so Rockefeller was very much like, no, this is how the tree comes to us every year. The branches take time to settle, blah, blah, blah. And then later I was talking to my aunts about it. And I was like, you know, because when they lit the tree, it did look full. And I was like, they had to have added branches in. And my aunt said, oh, no, no, they do that every year. Like, I've walked by and seen them doing it. Like, they have to engineer additional branches in there every year in order to make it as full and as grand as it is every year. So just a fun little tidbit because I was like, really, Rockefeller? They told on themselves is what they did. (laughs) I mean, and like of all the pictures you could post of your tree going up, that's the one you're going to put y'all please just go to the Rockefeller center, Instagram page, scroll down a bit, look at like late November when they were putting that tree up and you'll see the picture I'm talking about. It was bananas bad. Maybe we'll post it on our Instagram page. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe Maybe meaning yes, we will front and center. see it on our Instagram this week. Yes, absolutely. Oh, goodness. All right. And then we ended the year with some bomb-ass Canadians on Prime. You want to talk about it? Yeah, so uh, Amazon Prime came out with a uh, comedy special featuring several amazing female comedians. Um, and it was done in the style of a funeral service. <laughs> Okay. It was so smart. Um, I want to find the names of all the ladies who took part in it. So continue to talk about it. Um, I actually might know. Um, I actually might know. So it's hosted by Phoebe Robinson. Um, we had yes. Tiffany Haddish, yes. Natasha Legero, Natasha Rothwell. Um, you had um, Maisel herself, uh, Rachel Brosnahan. Oh, what was Sarah that? Silverman. Yes, Sarah Silverman. Yes. There was a cameo mm-hmm. by Christina Aguilera. There was a cameo by Sterling K. Brown. Um, just, yeah. Which um, I love that. It was like, just remember that six feet is one Sterling K. Brown. And it had that. him 
on the floor. Was. Exactly. Um, I, I loved the format of it too. With like every lady coming to the podium to say farewell to something that we lost this year. So there mm-hmm. was a farewell to pants and there was, which, which was awesome. And then there was a farewell to cops on TV. Yes. Farewell to cops on TV. Uh, farewell to um, uh, the casual sex, the bandages. Z way. Yeah. Which like, uh, yeah. Also one of the best things that came out of 2020 for me was discovering uh, who Z way was and listening to uh, Z way's Instagram posts and then all of her old videos on, um, on YouTube. So I'm glad that she got to share the screen with a lot of, with those great powerhouses. Yeah. There was also a pair, uh, farewell to having any more kids ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <was> real funny. <laughs> Um, it was, it was a lovely kind of send off and it came out, um, did it come out on New Year's Eve or on the 30th or something? It came out on the 30th. Yeah. Right there at the end of the year for us to just kind of put this delightful cherry on top, you know, it was just a real, and it's like 45 minutes, real quick watch and just a delightful way to give a big fuck you to 2020. It was kind of what we all needed. <laughs> and if you do watch it, um, dear listener, you'll want to stay for the credits because it'll it goes over how they shot it in quarantine. Yeah. That was one of like the coolest things about it too, was them showing all of the behind the scenes of how mm-hmm. many precautions they had to take to keep everybody quarantined and separate. Um, so I really appreciated that, but it was really well done. And it was so good it was just what we needed it was like a really nice moment to end the year um we're gonna cheat a little and give you mm-hmm. a January one because some big things happen on january one but first i am going to discuss josephine i have to discuss season three <laughs> i am gonna discuss season three of cobra kai <laughs> it's back everybody Evans, Josephine just rolled his eyes at me and kind of gave me like a neck twist and what, what was that well about? I mean if you had told all of all of culture I would never pick Cobra Kai is what for you like never listen we have gone <laughs> over for the past three years Josephine we have covered extensively my love of sports movies. This is true. It, I mean, it shouldn't I surprise me. I do not believe in sports, but I do believe in sports stories. So there. So therefore, Cobra Kai is like the perfect night. And because I'm a kid of the 80s, the Karate Kid movies were a very big deal for me and my siblings. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that it initially was supposed to not come out until this weekend, it was supposed to come out January 7th. And then sometime in December, they bumped it up. They were like, nope, it's going to come out New Year's Day. Just kidding. And so everyone, just New Year's Day, went in so hard on it. And it was the best way to start the New Year. It was like really fun. Um, My brother, my sister, and I had a sibling conference call (laughs) on January 2nd to debrief and discuss all of season three, which we all binged in a day. It was that serious. It was that legit. It is so well done. I feel like, do you, have you watched any of it? No, it's still my homework to watch Cobra Kai. 
I really want you to get into it because it is so smart in the way that it pokes fun at itself. Like it is so, it's so well done the way that it like ties itself to the films of the eighties, but the way that it brings it into the now and the way that it honors this generation of now like middle-aged men who had this upbringing and still have this like karate rivalry, you know, but like it's, it's just so well done. And the series has like some kick-ass fight choreography. I can't like, I want you to see it so that you can geek out about it with me. Okay. Okay. There is very few things that we can collectively geek out about uh-huh. uh, considering that I'm like, you know, a genre movie. <laughs> person so i i appreciate that and i will move it to the top i'll move it towards the top all right i'm I'm just saying i finally got you on schitt's creek it took a long time it did take a long time you were not wrong that's the thing i'm not saying that you're wrong on this yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm telling you i'm not gonna steer you wrong josephine ever 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 (laughs) the other thing that came out on january 1 was rupaul's drag race season 13 premiere um which is <laughs> so rupaul's drag race season 13 was filmed during quarantine mm-hmm. and you can tell because the workroom is bigger than ever <laughs> yep. and they look like ants running around the little workroom so yep. n- no spoilers but basically dear listener there is a there is a huge twist in this first episode i don't the spoiler if we discuss the twist so um i won't discuss who what the results of the twist but i will discuss so the twist is that uh basically they introduced uh two queens at a time well at the very end it was three and they made them boom go right to the main stage to lip sync for their lives uh that's the and that's their introduction out of all the queens they were like what's happening right now yeah, they're like, this is too early for this. So, like, at the end of every round, one queen got the pass straight through, and one queen got the pork chop. Where yes. Where played the most amazing sound effect. It was like, and feeling, <laughs> And I, every fucking time they played it, I died. I loved it. Um, so, literally, like, six queens walked off, six or seven, walked mm-hmm. off the stage like being told that they were just eliminated before the game even started. So that's where the season premiere ended. And then of course, you know, in Rue being a stunt queen as she is, is there is a twist, something's going to happen. And honestly, and this is my, this is me just entirely speculation. Honestly, what I think is going to happen is that this twist was done in an effort to keep the density on set low for because of quarantine. Yeah, of course. Definitely. And I mean, like they still turned it into amazing television um, because like the way that they reformatted the game mm -hmm. to keep people safe and in smaller groupings Mm -hmm. was kind of genius. It was really well done. And I don't think it took away any of like, the excitement of drag race for me at all. Um, <clears throat> I will Plus we say, got to uh, learn a lot about them. <laughs> you, you got to know them better this way in the first episode, because normally I don't really know their names until like episode four or five. <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh, okay. That, that one. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so you got to know them better. And then the ones that got eliminated, I was like, but they were good. Like almost all of them were really good. So the ones that got eliminated, the audience was like invested into, and that made a difference, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that the, in my opinion, uh, there were some mistakes about who got to stay and who got the pork chop. (laughs) But uh huh, yeah, I mix. Yes, there were some mistakes, and then there were some very clear cut absolutes for me. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I'm really excited to see how like the formatting of the show kind of continues Mm -hmm. throughout. Yeah, and you and none of them can say that like, oh, I've never had to lip sync for my life. Like now they have all they have done all it. Done it. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Ooh. I just keep thinking because like Sasha Velour, when she won, she not only did she never lip sync for her life, she won with like the most one of the most iconic lip syncs ever. And so in this way, it's just like okay, well, from the very get, no one knew she had that in her. Exactly. So yeah. exciting now that we've seen a preview of what all of them have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exciting. Oh, well, this kind of wraps up our December month. We are going to be coming at you again this week with our annual top five episode, which was a fucking challenge this year. I'll have you know. Um. <sighs> Such yeah. a challenge. I mean, it was a challenge in many different ways. Was it it's a challenge because nothing happened, or is it a challenge because too many things happened? Exactly. And it- we'll talk about that a little bit more in that episode, no doubt. Um, but we want to kind of sign off this month and this year with an announcement to our sevens. Yes. What is that announcement, Miss Wendy? Well, Josephine, and thank you for putting this on me to announce. <laughs> Um, so Joe and I have kind of come to the realization that describing and picking apart the art that we've seen every month is really easy and exciting to do when we're out in the world seeing art. This year, when we have all been forced to be like self-contained and just all absorbing the same content that we can get our eyeballs on, um, it has been a lot harder this year, I think. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's been a very, I mean, personally, it's been a very challenging year because as like a social person who, you know, recharges by like, you know, being in company and community with people, it's been difficult to still maintain those connections when the only way that you can do that is in the virtual space. Yeah, um, and we've lost... Yeah we've lost the joy of sitting in a live audience this year. You know, we lost all of the live performing arts. We lost the ability to travel and see art in other places outside of our city. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot that we're grieving this year. And there's a lot that, you know, to our credit and to all of your credit, like we've, we've gotten through because we have relied on artists and because we have read books and seen movies and relied so heavily on Netflix and streaming services. And thank God we have had that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But because of that, (laughs) we have decided to kind of take a step back from our monthly format of art time. And we are going to, we're not leaving you completely. 
but we're going to come at you next year with some quarterly episodes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we're doing, um, this is, uh, you're going to get like a la carte. <laughs> I keep saying like a la carte, the quarterly. Yeah. It'll be a quarterly kind of thing. And again, it's just, it gives us the opportunity to have more um, specific and targeted, you know, conversations about things. It gives us a chance to recharge because, you know, I mean, we we do also live lives <laughs> and have other commitments outside of the show that we're now able to, you know, we can also still focus on. Um, I will say that like the 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 this has been this experience over the last three years has been amazing. And it's been like it's been one of the ways that like, I know that like I can have dedicated Miss Wendy time for these many hours every month. And it's been, and that's, what's been the most fun for me. And, and, and that's not to say that like, you know, we're not going to have that. It's just, it'll be, you know, we won't, we can have a, you know, we just won't be recorded. Exactly. (laughs) This isn't the end of us. Yeah. No, I'm totally in agreement that like I've loved this time and knowing that we have dedicated time to connect as friends, but also to to really kind of like analyze and talk about things that made us giggle or made us cringe or yeah. made each other laugh or whatever. Like that has been so fun to kind of pick apart all of this stuff. And we don't want to let go of that entirely. We just don't want it to kill us every month. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna, we're still gonna give you like an award show episode, you know, we'll give you like a quarterly thing, we'll come at you with some moments of 2021 for sure. And as the world opens back up again, I'm sure we'll have more to say. But for now, we're gonna be kind to ourselves and take a step back and kind of sign off from the monthly period. From yeah, the, of the month. And we'll give you quarterly episodes. We're getting that implant where we only have it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) what is it? The shot or the IUD? The shot. Yeah. Yeah. We're that thing where, you know, I mean, it's not monthly, it's like quarterly. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. (laughs) But we're still here. And um, we love, I mean, so many of you who listen to us are our friends and often text us suggestions of things to be watching and listening to. So please, we invite you to keep doing that and comments on our Insta page. Um, and we're still obviously online anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So please like, and subscribe and all of that. And, uh, and we'll stay in touch when we have new content coming at you in 2021. Yeah. 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 Um, but stay tuned for our top five of 2020 episode. And uh, thank you so much for sticking with us for another year. Yeah. Another whole year has gone another by. Another whole year. My and gosh, we, we, we did it. We did it, Wendy. We did it. And we haven't aged a day. There you go. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're still glamorous as ever. We still are. We're aging in reverse because none of us have mm-hmm. seen this in 10 months. So there you go. Yes, it's all Benjamin Button. <laughs> Absolutely. No doubt. Um, Y'all, we love you so much and uh, happy new year and uh, be good to yourselves and enjoy your time of the month.